In this topic, topic three, we have a look at what's known as operational design. Now, this, uh, this tends to cover quite a wide, wide range of issues, um, but don't despair. Uh, many of them will come back to as we go through other topics as well. But it just seemed difficult um, to talk about operational design without introducing a few other uh, concepts and, and variables um, to it. Um, nevertheless, let's just have a look. So, in this um, topic, we've got uh, these four themes that we'll be looking at. Ideally, we want to have a look at what does operational design involve in terms of the wider operation, not just intelligence. Um, so we look at the way that operational design uh, sets objectives, um, it looks at the effectiveness and success of its, of its objectives and plan, uh, provides a course of action, and obviously needs to include uh, a resources requirement. So what resources do we need um, to do that? We also look at the um, operational planning. How do we plan these things? So the tasks and resource allocations required, uh, the, the setting up of those tasks and prioritising them and phasing, which is essentially when do we bring things in? When do we organise things to, to happen rather than them coming in at different times or at times when we probably don't need them or they or too late? Um, the, the third uh, theme that we'll be looking at is intelligence planning. Um, so what does intelligence planning have to do with operational design? Uh, particularly with well, what are going to be the operations intelligence needs. We need to be able to establish that. We need to be able to establish what resources are required for us to be able to collect and analyse and deliver that intelligence product that the operations team group will be requiring. Um, and also to some thought to what might be the appropriate methods of analysis uh, that we might use um, for this operation. So in a way, the intelligence section of the operation is, is designing its own, um, designing its, it, its, it, its own operational design on how it's going to fill its role. And, and, and part of that is looking at the, the analysis methods, but also to how they're going to provide um, this decision report, um, support. Um, and all these things are to assist, naturally, the, the operational outcomes, that we should all be aware of what they are, as we spoke from the last lecture. Um, and finally, we'll look at um, other ways intelligence supports operations, uh, particularly through security. So things like force protection, uh, counterintelligence, uh, protective security, and even deception operations. Um, what part of those may be required um, in this operation as well? So there's some of the key things that we'll be looking at um, in, in this particular topic. Now, the first thing I think we need to try and think about is what actually is and how do we construct uh, an, an operational design. Now the United States Air Force has given this some consideration as a lot of other agencies, military groups and so forth have too, but based on some of their principles, um, an operational design methodology is really about framing, it's about framing um, what's currently happening, so what is the current state, what's taking place, um, and what is the desired state, what is it we want, what's our objectives. So looking at where are we now and where do we want to be um, within regards to the operation. And 
where we want to be, that nexus I suppose between where we are and where we want to be, um, then assists us to frame the problem. Um, so we need to think about what are the obstacles stopping us from getting to where we want to be, the desired state or the desired outcomes that we want. Um, what are the problems that we need to overcome to get there? And so part of the operational design process is to look at and, and list those obstacles. And then the third step um, to, to designing, I guess, um, an operational, designing an operational design um, is, is looking at um, how we'll approach these problems. So once we've, we've named these obstacles, how are we going to approach the obstacles? How, what changes can we do to resolve the problems that are standing in our way from achieving our, our objectives? Um, and so once you've got those, you then begin drafting more detailed plans about addressing those particular issues as they arose. Now, there's obviously a lot more to designing an operation, um, but at the top end, of the, at the overall broader planning end, these sort of, this sort of methodology at least gets us thinking in the right direction, gives you an idea on how um, operations may, may begin to be framed. So that's essentially how operation design, operational design works um, in its more broader context. Now, part of the operational planning, as we've talked, involves task and resource allocation. So the ability to set up um, the tasks and prioritise those tasks, think about what logistics, what's needed, um, and also phasing. So when do we bring certain, um, when do things have to be done, uh, when do we implement them? Um, and some of the ways that we, we, we can feed on from our, um, our design methodology is to ask further questions. And you'll notice a lot of this is really about critical thinking and analytical thinking. Um, breaking issues down, breaking the problem down into components. And essentially that's what we're trying to do with designing our operations. Um, breaking the problem down to components um, and tactically dealing with those problems. Um, and so we need to ask what are the tasks involved? So we've got, as we've said previously in the, in the design methodology, what, what are the problems, that, what are the things that we need to do to get us to the point that we want to be at, to meet our objectives? Um, and then once you've written a list of those tasks, um, what resources are you going to need for them? Um, most are going to need a resource, whether it be through funding, manpower, um, any number of things. So you need to think about what resources are needed. Now another thing that is, is important as part of the phasing process to a degree is what tasks have high priorities. So given that you've, you've listed a series of tasks to reach your objectives, you then need to think about well which ones are more important than others. Um, which ones need to be done or commenced sooner, uh, what ones can be commenced later, also they're phased in at the right time. Um, so it's further thinking and it's logical thinking, it's thinking through the processes. In terms of intelligence planning and within the operation, the intelligence planning needs to make a few determinations as well. It first of all, as we've spoken about in the previous top topics, uh, particularly the last topic, um, we need to know what the operations intelligence needs are. And that goes back to understanding their, their, um, their objectives and, and, and so forth. Once we have a clear understanding of what it is that they're wanting to do, and what their expectations are from intelligence, the intelligence 
analyst then needs to sit down and think about what resources do they require um, in order to, 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 to collect, to analyse and to deliver that important intelligence product, um, what do they need? What are their resources? And so thought needs to be given from that perspective as well. Further, you, you'll need to think about what type of analysis methods will you use? Now, having said that, you may find once information has come in, not all analytical tools are, are suitable for everything, um, but you need to think about broadly what type of analytical tools you might need. Um, and finally, you might want to come up with some thoughts about, well, how are we going to um, decision support the operational outcomes? So when, we, when, when, when the intelligence analysis comes in with some options, how are we going to support that, that decision process? And we'll, we'll cover those, these points here now in a little bit more detail. So one way to, I guess, start thinking about what resources and what approach um, the intelligence size of an operation may, may, may need is to simply use the, the classic intelligence collection plan. Now, obviously these are used for different things, um, but in this case I see some sort of synergy, I suppose, for the way that we can think about what we might need um, to provide um, the intelligence required for an operation. And that starts with requirements. So what type of things through the, the, the operational objectives, what type of requirements come out of that? Um, and so what's needed, essentially. We would then be looking at, you know, well, what assets do we have? What are, what are some of the resources that we may need? What are some of the, the, the dangers, the problems that may emerge in getting these um, together? Uh, prioritizing which, which areas of, of information um, are required sooner. And that then falls into the tasking, allocating um, various different uh, information gathering uh, requirements um, and, and working out which ones again are, are part of that priority system that we previously put together. Um, and obviously we're going to be continually evaluating the intelligence requirements and providing updates on that as per the operational objectives. So it's a way here to use the classic intelligence collection plan to help formalise and think a little bit about the type of intelligence information um, that you're going to need and some of the resources you're going to need um, and some of the issues um, that may emerge in you trying to get that particular type of intelligence. So in addition to the intelligence plan, um, there's going to be further consideration you might want to give to what type of analysis will you use. Now in the text, I think it's chapter 11, um, there's quite a bit of detail about various forms of, of, of intelligence analysis. I've pulled out a few here just as a way of, of, of presenting them um, and ways that you might want to think about in terms of working within an intelligence operation of what type of methods of analysis you think would be suitable to meet those objectives and provide the intelligence product that's being requested. And as you see here, we've got the good old-fashioned SWOT analysis where you're going to look at the strengths, weaknesses and opportunities, threats of a given issue. You've got the, the PEST um, approach where you're writing down what issues are the political, what's the economic, the social and technological in terms of dealing with a problem. Uh, there's a pros and cons for looking at solutions. What are the benefits of, of something? What's the problem of something? How can it be fixed if at all? And finally the fishbone analysis which really is a way to structure um, your problem. So along the spine 
um, you would put what the what the, the issue is, what's the what's the outcome that you wouldn't looking for, the the, the state you want it you want it to be, as we discussed previously, and then from the from the lines of the bone there, you put in well, what data are you going to get? Um, now again, there's a lot more information about um, uh, methods of analysis, and we're personally going to look at some more as we go through the subject. But the point of this is really just to illustrate um, that. As part of your planning process, as part of your design process, as the intelligence aspect of an, of an operation, is to think about things like well, what, what analysis tools um, would be suitable for uh, meeting those objectives. And that was the reason why I wanted to bring these a little bit up to the forefront here. Now I want to now look at the issues of decision um, support. Now this is an interesting um, facet of, of, of intelligence analysis and it's usually where you get to when you're making your, your, your product um, there's some discussion about well you know about making recommendations and in the previous uh, I think it was a previous topic I'd spoken a little bit about um, uh, recommendations and, and providing choice and options uh, options I think was the right word that we used and and that comes with a lot of wording so you'll notice here in terms of decision support, um, you're providing considerations or implica oh, implications. It's softer language and it's language that is more open uh, to choice. So let's just take that back a bit, I suppose. Now, when we talk about decision support, we're talking about um, gathering the information, analyzing the information, checking the information, presenting it, and presenting the options that are available within that within you within your findings and that's what we mean when we talk about decision support um, and it's particularly ultimately the decisions are being made by decision makers uh, operation commanders and so forth um, but often we may be requested to provide the options and this is a way that the intelligence aspect of it would do it so um, based on on your intelligence product your report for example you would probably make make a list of considerations or implications um, that need to be considered by those making the final choice. Now, in, in terms of doing that, um, one way about it is to present options. Now, from options, I mean, often we don't think about this, um, but you know, doing nothing is certainly an option as well. Um, and so, uh, we've spoken before that sometimes there's an opportunity cost, and sometimes doing nothing has has benefits. Um, and so, we, you know, you can provide options from simply doing nothing. To what they call a gold standard, which is the absolute perfect solution to something, um, the absolute perfect way to get to um, you know, through your operational design, get to the outcome you want, get to the state that you want, um, and then there's what's in between. And normally, when you're presenting um, options, you you may present some something from doing nothing um, through to the to a gold standard solution, if there be one, um, and then you may put two or three other so um, possible considerations in between there for consideration. And the way to, to, to treat those different um, considerations um, is using um, a number of these techniques here. One is that straw man technique. Now by straw man technique is you look at the options that you've presented and you pull them apart. You highlight their strengths and you highlight their weaknesses and you systematically do it. You try and do it without um, 
without biased language, but rather point out the pros and cons of, of each of those sort of solutions as well. And that's sort of using a, a roughly straw man approach. The Parento efficiency analysis, um, and there's a lot more in the text, I think it's chapter 20, uh, that goes into these decision supports uh, approaches in a lot more detail. And I suggest you read that as part of your reading for this topic um, and for future topics. Um, with this, the idea is essentially to, to scale um, a particular, if you've got a number of, of, of options and say you've got 10 options, you need to narrow them down to three. Um, you then you would sit around, you would um, provide a, a ranking of each of those options. Um, and the option that had, uh, you know, was in the top, the options that are in the top 20 are often the options that 20% are often the options that you would then go with. It goes to that 20-80 split uh, for the Pareto um, thing, which you're welcome to look up. It goes into a lot more detail. But essentially it's a way of scaling um, and, and assessing each of those options and, and, and providing a, a way to work out which ones are better. Um, another one is a step-by-step -step one. Uh, that's, again, laying out all the possible options uh, on the table again. And, and with that, uh, in a similar way, you compare, say, option A with option B. Um, say, for example, option A becomes the winner, then you compare option A with option C until you've eliminated all the options um, and you come up with with the, with the top, say, top three options from it. Again, there's a lot more detail in this that I won't go into, into now, but we will certainly cover later on. But the point of making decision support and making a, a decision support plan um, in your uh, operational design is how you're going to deal, particularly with groupthink. Um, within um, the analysis, uh, within intelligence analysis, there is groups, there is a necessity for groupthink. Some of the problems of groupthink, though, is, is that people will often not want to speak up. Um, some people, you know, in fear of being ostracised from the group in one way or another. Um, or there may be um, a, a decision made built on, on consensus rather than what is actually the best option. And so the reason why we, we, we aim and look at um, decision support mechanisms like the ones I briefly presented now is to provide you with a structure for making those decisions, particularly if you're in a group and you're trying to come up with some options based on the intelligence that you've gathered. Um, so having a clear idea on how you're going to deal with decision report support is incredibly important. As equally as in the previous slide, it's important to think about what type of analysis uh, method you're going to use, um, as well as your collection plans, how you're going to gather stuff and so forth. So I hope you can see that within the um, within the operational design of, of the broader operation, um, there, there's, there's a micro-operational design for the intelligent aspect of that operation. Um, and that needs to, again, goes back to being aware of what the, the, the um, operational objectives are and then making your, your intelligence uh, plans, operational plans and designs based on that. And that's what essentially you're aiming to do. Now, the, the other aspect I wanted to talk about is another form of intelligence support, um, which is about operational security. And this involves things like force protection, um, it involves things like counterintelligence, 
uh, protective security, or even deception operations. Now, within an operation, um, you may be called on to develop and, and under, uh, grab some work on an intelligence um, to, to, to meet these particular issues. Um, and so, for example, in, in regards to protective intelligence, you're often looking at the, the threats and vulnerabilities or hazards um, of, a, of an operation. Um, you may even be looking at um, some of the data uh, or even looking at locations. Um, for example, you may an operation may be taking place in a park. There may be considerations that uh, Intel may be provide in terms of maybe other people are using the park or, um, or any other number of issues. Um, it may also look at um, uh, high profile targets that, as it says here, which aren't necessarily part of the operation but may have some bearing. Um, and, uh, and so those sort of issues need to be looked at as well. So providing that protective security intelligence um, becomes uh, an important part of an operation as well. And, and so do, too does um, counterintelligence. And so particularly in, in issues of national security, but also even with, um, uh, with, with law enforcement, um, in order to, to stop um, uh, uh, espionage or counterintelligence so forth, or, 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 or illegal intelligence practices against an operation, um, Counterintelligence plays that role. So even organised crime will run sort of quasi-intelligence um, units. Um, I know that um, even radical groups, uh, political groups, have been known to run intelligence units. Um, and often they're used to gather information on policing activities or agency activities that are taking place on them. So counterintelligence does have a role. Um, and again, um, you, as, 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 as a part of the intelligence wing of an, operations, uh, of an operation, you may be called on to, to work in that particular area. Um, finally, you might find um, deceptive operations. So using and, and developing misinformation campaigns um, either to protect the, the operational activity or obscure what it's doing. Um, and so all these sort of aspects of, 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 the, of an operation will involve intelligence work. And so um, it needs to be mindful when, you, uh, when, you, when you're part of an operational team that these, these are other elements that, um, that you'd be working with and may be called upon to develop. Now finally, um, I'll just talk briefly some about some of the, um, the readings. As I said, it's chapters 11 and 20 of the text um, that, are, that are worth reading to, to fill in the uh, a lot more detail in regards to decision support and the analytical tools uh, uh, used for, for your intelligence studies. There are also um, some other interesting readings from the United States Army, uh, the UN as well, um, and some good recommended readings um, that will, should assist you um, hopefully get a better understanding of operational um, uh, designs. And. Finally, at the end here, I've, I've put a few of the um, study questions again, um, and I, I guess you know what we've, you know, looking at the first question, you know, how can critical thinking assist intelligence practitioners supporting operational design? It's critical thinking that it is pretty much what we've been talking about um, in this um, in this topic, and we will in other topics as well. What we're really learning here um, is we're learning how to think clearly about a problem. We're learning how to think clearly about an objective and 
and, and mapping out ways that we can meet those objectives. Um, it may sound simple, it may sound straightforward, but many don't necessarily take the time to think through these particular issues. So developing that sense of, of critical thinking, that ability to break down a problem, um, develop a solution or solutions, and, and task those solutions, um, and, 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 and prioritize those tasks, is it, it, fundamental critical thinking. Um, so think about that as you're addressing that question. Um, the other questions, I'll, I'll leave you to, to work your way. Um, work your way through as a way of review. Um, and as always, if you have any questions or any concerns, um, don't hesitate to, um, to contact me and um, we can work through them.